Welcome to Design by Us, the show where we discuss how humans design the world. My name is Ravi Chohan, and with me, as always, is it's John Connor. John Connor, you've already saved you to save you from the past. Ah, uh, you've already used that one. Yeah, I know. But that was before, like, yeah, GPT. It was, GPT it was and before AI <laughs> wasn't the unleashed to the. Well, clearly, you did, clearly, you did a bad job saving us then. John, That's why I came back again? I know. Jesus, things didn't go as well. Yeah, fair enough. Well, look, hopefully, uh, second time's a charm, which obviously is the same. Not. Um, but anyway, I, I always enjoy episodes like this, Luigi, because um, I'll be honest, it feels like a bit like a, doing an exam at the end of the at the end of a curriculum or at the end of term. Because today we're talking about Google I.O. And with any of these tech events, obviously, we've got Apple's WWDC coming up in just a few weeks as well. It, you never know what you're going to have to talk about as a podcast host. Do you know what I mean? You don't know what's going to come, come up in the exam. And kind of researching this, I was thinking, okay, God, I've got to have an opinion about this. I've got to have a point of view about that. I've got to understand a little bit about this. And you've got no idea what those things are going to be before the actual event, except for this one. You got an opinion? No. Well, we knew what this event was going to be about. Yeah. But the way I feel about it is, at least for this event, is you have so many things to talk about that you just have so much limited time. And then you are like, okay, what is actually important this yeah. event? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, All right. Well, look, what's I, your opinion? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think... Um, no, you said you have an opinion. No, I said I was thinking about having opinions. Okay. The opinions will unfold throughout the rest okay, of the recording. Okay, okay. Um, but what I was thinking was, uh, obviously, in this episode, like we do... This is not our third Google I.O., is it? It's not a what? Is it our third Google I.O.? I think so, yeah. Bloody hell. I yeah. feel old. Anyway, what I was thinking that we usually do, let's go through it chronologically, but let's especially speed up through the boring parts. You know, before you do that, I think throughout the whole event, what I kept thinking is that it is so interesting to see such a big company to play catch up. Yeah. And you can see like a lot of the decisions were made just politically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to mention a few, but it's just so, so interesting. And you can see like they had a huge discussions in the boardroom and they were like, yeah, we need to roll out this, roll out that, roll out that. Or at least announce something. Announce something. And you can also tell with the announcement of Gemini, and I'm going to, I have a theory that I'm going to say later. The Gemini is the new, the new language model that in my opinion will replace the new launched Palm 2 which is very complex I have another point about that but anyway with the announcement of Gemini you can tell how they just needed to get something out and then say hey something even better is coming up yeah well anyway, I tell you what let's, let's zoom out yeah, let's, let's zoom, zoom out. out and then we'll start at the start so um, essentially what Luigi's referring to is, is AI and this was billed as the big event where people would start respecting Google for AI once again right basically their whole Thing about being the smartest company, the best company, the most technically proficient company was kind of just like stolen from them because they spent too much time messing around really. Um, and companies like OpenAI and others came up and like started to eat their lunch. Yeah. Apparently by the end of the announcement, apparently AI was was uh, mentioned, the words AI were mentioned more than 100 times and the company's uh, market cap went up by 46 billion during the event. Oh wow. So like that is a huge amount of it just shows you, like, makes sense that these things kind of come from a boardroom level if that is the effect that that yeah. can have, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so let, let's start at the start, uh, and I promise you we'll speed through this. I mean, just for context, like, for, for, for those who have not been involved, if if you haven't, then, yeah, should, that's why you're listening to this podcast. But like, Google has been playing catch-up. GPT, Bing, uh, GPT-4, Bing, and Microsoft yeah. have been all putting 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 forces together. Yeah. To roll out uh, a, a competition for what's Google Workspace with uh, Office, they had the integrated AI in Office. Uh, they integrated AI in Bing. So Google has been just fall, falling behind in all of these innovations, even though Google has been in the forefront of AI for a while. They just 
haven't really applied it. So that's the context. It's just like Google. So, <laughs> all right, awesome. Well done, Ravi. Uh, Google has basically has to be playing catch up in this whole thing. And then we come to the event and then what happens? Then they launch the much anticipated Pixel 7a. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's less than five hundred dollars. I've literally written, "Who cares?" Should we move on? To be honest, it's a great price point. I think it's a pretty oh, good like fun. A, no, I'm not. I'm not going to waste any more. No, but in, any, anyway, interesting thing is when they announced the Google Pixel Seven A and they wrote the reviews. You know, sometimes they say, "Hey, our losers, users have been saying, oh, our users have been saying how much they love this phone." Yeah. They put MKBHD uh, mentioned phone of the year. Of 2023. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 2023 or 2022. Yeah. So what is thing is really interesting is that they didn't put the verge or the New York Times or the basically big YouTubers are taking that spot of yeah, but that's tech old, group. that's old news now, isn't it? Not for a big company event. Happened. I don't think, think so. so. Yeah. I ha I don't think I have seen it happening that big of a deal. Yeah. But anyway, we can move on. All right, Pixel tablet. It's an iPad with a base and a speaker and for 499 you get the base with the speaker in it which kind of like it's kind of like you want it in your kitchen right and you put the put the uh pixel tablet pixel ipad on that base and it's kind of at the right height height for you to like maybe scroll for a recipe or something like that but the most interesting thing to me here that it's 499 great price point yeah with the base the docker which is kind of insane yeah I think that's brilliant and the docker by the way becomes a google home or a smart yeah. speaker right yeah, 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 yeah um and you can connect everything there it becomes like the 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 hub nest that controls all your smart devices in the house mm -hmm. i think that was i think the idea of tablets becoming a every household need a tablet and it becomes the one that everyone uses have you got one an ipad yeah no like in your in your family home no but we everyone used to have one have their own yeah Ooh. because we didn't have computers right okay right so <laughs> so we just had one computer and then everyone had their own thing seriously yeah instead of phones as well like, everyone had their own tablet yeah because we didn't have computers mate that's insane yeah. i mean no offense yeah you're what a year older than me sure okay so you're older than me we think <laughs> right. you never know <laughs> one of the mysteries of the universe yeah okay how yeah. old is luigi anyway uh, that's so interesting because i think that because i'm i was i was you know old enough to or young enough or whatever the right word is to remember when like ipads were launched yeah me too and they were super expensive and they're like you know you'd rather have a you know three four hundred quid okay. Dell laptop instead of okay so but what happened there is that it's not like we all bought brand new ipads what happened there is that my my dad was given by work yeah. a iPad, and then usually we will just and then cut pass it, in it over. Cut it into four with a piece of cut. Yeah, we're, no, we're just passing it over. So every six months we'll get a new one, or every whenever a new one left post lunch. Okay, but anyway, my point is, is that for me, everyone had laptops, and then tablets came. Yeah. Whereas it sounds like tablets came for for, for me exactly. For me, it was a computer in the house, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then tablets came. Okay. Um, it's got Chromecast built in. Yeah, which is cool. I wish Apple did more of that. To be honest, I think like the Docker ex the Docker experience makes so much sense. Yeah, you just have a Docker, which is a smart home, mm -hmm. smart home control device, mm -hmm. and then you can just control everything in your house. Yeah, actually, that's why that's why I asked you because we've got in my family home there's an iPad. It's an iPad from 2017. Yeah. iPad Pro though. You know, it's the family iPad and everyone uses it to do their online shopping or just check the football scores or whatever. And it's just there. And this is exactly that use case yeah. that they were. Yeah, it's yeah. a use case. I think I, 
iPads or tablets will just become that center of the house control. Mm -hmm. And then you can just take it with you because it will recognize who is actually using it. Yeah, because so you've got multi-user support now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it will take that place of what the computer used to be 20 years ago, that there was like, one computer in the house and then you could log in into your, in your desktop. The thing is, I think from memory, like Apple controls, so they control more of the tablet market than any other market they're in. Yeah. The iPad crushes all competition. Um, and I think the iPad's really filling that UK for a lot of families and in a lot of homes, but at that price point, it's pretty good. Can't argue that price. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. I, I'm sure Apple will probably release. There have been rumors that Apple releasing the the Docker thing in uh, in November. September. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Also right yeah. So if if that happens, I'm sure the price is probably gonna be four ninety nine. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, the, my point is, Apple is just gonna make it even more expensive, and yeah. somehow they will still control part of the market. Well. Anyway, I think in this uh, this idea of the home control device, yeah. I think it's super interesting. Um, but let's move on, move on to foldables. Yeah, literally the only thing that appealed to me about this was that it's got an interpreter mode. So, so basically, foldable phone, it's like a book, right? So you have the book cover, yeah. which is a screen. You open it and then you get your pages, which are two more screens. And the back doesn't have a screen on it. Yeah. Because of the way those screens are oriented, you can do an interpreter mode. So you can open up the phone. So you've got a screen on both sides. And basically what that allows you is better, like a cool feature in Google Translate, which they showed off. And the idea that you can take a selfie with the rear cameras, which yeah. is on the back, right? Yeah. So you open the book, the front and the back are facing you. You can get a beautiful photo with the wide angle or whatever kind of lens you want. Interpreter mode is on one screen, I'm showing what I'm saying in your language. And on my screen, I'm seeing what you're saying in yeah. my language right it's two sides of that of the same device after that i just didn't care really yeah my highlights for this one is by google basically what happens is that google announced you pay $1,799 oh right yeah free watch very expensive yeah. but you get a free watch and google to me, this is the way I read it. Google is saying, all right, we are losing the wearables race. Apple is by far gaining that. So let's launch something flashy, something nice that people will want to watch. And that's an acquisition cost. Just giving for free that, that watch. Yeah. That's a user acquisition cost to the ecosystem because one, one thing is getting people to buy one phone. But once you have two devices, you are more much more likely, exponentially more likely to stay in the ecosystem. It's so interesting that you looked at it the way that I would usually look at it. And I looked at it the way that you would usually look at it. I looked at it from like the product point of view and the user experience point of view and you looked at it from the business point of view and basically what I'm saying is that when I saw that I was thinking oh god this phone is so big and heavy yeah that you're gonna want you, you're not if you can like you know it's because it's a foldy phone and you know you're just like very involved and yeah, it's more yeah, of a productivity yeah. than a consuming or get you know reply to your whatsapp whatsapp type device then you the watch makes more sense right yeah so that's what that's the way i interpreted that but i definitely agree with you that's probably more of a business yeah. driver yeah it's more like how can we have have more people to be in, into the ecosystem and stick for longer just have two devices would you buy a foldy phone i don't think so i don't think they're useful i don't really know why I how we enter in this world of phone Phones. Honestly, I just couldn't care. Yeah, well, why do they need it? It's like, the kind of thing that I'd really care about at age 15. Seriously. To be honest, it's cool. Like, the technology that you can fold the screen and still work, it's like, that's amazing, you know? Yeah, but you still got that horrible crease through it. And who's going to, like, open their phone up? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know why this is needed. But it's amazing because you can, maybe you can make thinner TVs that are more flexible. They can adapt to different surfaces. You can make a bunch of really cool stuff. It's cool if it's your only device. Then a computer. If you if you get one device to use for the rest of your life, yeah, that could be one. Yeah, although arguably like, it'd be quite good for your 
maybe mental health or something just to use a bigger tablet or a computer like a laptop yeah. I don't know yeah. I don't know if I follow that argument I don't think foldable phones are very useful yeah, uh, plus how many people do you see in the street with a foldable phone yeah but that's because they're $1800 yeah so it's yeah. it's not the average human being the target market yeah but right? do we sound like people like when the first iPhone came out do you know what I mean like, oh it's so expensive like, I don't know why it's got these features that nobody really wants maybe maybe in a couple of years time we're gonna be like yeah do you know, do you know what thing. do you know what we change our mind and i'm just going to call this out before some listener does apple doing a foldable would change your mind mm. no just be honest with yourself i don't think so man like, what are they what are they really going to do that will enhance the experience it's still going to be foldable yeah but <laughs> i don't think it will make much sense unless it's like super thin it's still as thick as a normal iphone it's still as heavy as a normal iphone and you just have a bigger screen whenever you want to yeah but what if it comes in space gray? yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> anyway so with the new pixel there are a few tensorflow to chip, 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 new chip super interesting stuff they put that, that on the new tablet right yeah exactly new tablet as well uh, what is really interesting is that all of that is gonna all support the new ai models that are gonna run locally some of them like the one with gemini so i propose we just move on to ai are you ready so we have quite a lot of things to talk about okay where do you want to start let's start with the pixel new the new pixel features that are coming up with ai i think that's a great transition yeah okay sounds good yeah all right which arguably is exactly what they did during the event yeah yeah they talked to about ai then they talk about new features that are coming to workspace the pixel it's a search and so on um, and then they talk about the new hardware. You know, hold on, we will get into the AI stuff, but we were watching snippets of it together live yeah. or semi-live. And you, you and I had the both same, both had the same thought, which was, this does not seem very well rehearsed. No, <laughs> no. they basically were making so many mistakes, uh, which I don't know if it's because we're used to, to such a well-rehearsed event that we're just like, whenever we see one mistake, we're, okay, this is this wasn't rehearsed, but, which is normal, right? Humans make mistakes, it's fine, especially if it's live, but yeah. The, the, do you know what annoyed me about it is that the presenters were making reference to oh like nerve demo uh, like, I'm gonna do a live demo the live demos are always really nerve wracking so just bear with me or whatever the case may be stuff like that like which is great right and then afterwards oh phew like we did the live demo it's brilliant but even if you're rolling the dice you're taking a risk don't tell people that you're taking a risk yeah because everyone knows that it's a live demo and everyone knows that it's risky no need to call that out just do it and if it goes without a hitch then you're golden do you know what I mean yeah if you're taking a risk take the risk without telling everyone you're taking the risk to me it felt that the board or someone in up level we said we need to announce xyz features and they and they issued that like the yeah. night before yeah there's still been yeah. beta in experimentation yeah. we got new information that if we don't roll this out and we don't tell the world about it we're just gonna fall much behind because this is a big event event right uh they needed to do that and they were like you guys figure out how to practice it yeah just say something about or it or just don't which is what i hate yeah that's what happened actually that's that uh, i feel a bit horrible saying that because i know that i'd be so much worse yeah no yeah i think they did a great job like well well done for 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 them and i i it's a cool event i like the fact they do it outside as well yeah it's different vibe goals really a cool stage and you can see the progression i've been maybe watching ios since i have a pixel so five six years really yeah nice but yeah i think they're pretty good events and you can see the progression how they have uh, evolved over time but there's a great great um great feature they roll out for for photos that's mm -hmm. going to come first to pixel uh, which is called the magic editor 
Mm-hmm. And they, they, if you, I'm gonna add this to the show notes, but all right. So there is this picture of a kid sitting on a bench, mm-hmm. and it has some balloons on top of it. Mm-hmm. However, when you go towards the left side of the picture, mm-hmm. the balloons are being cut. Yeah, and they, they, they're cropped out. Yeah, they're yeah. cropped out, and then um, the kid is basically also kind of towards the left side of the picture. So the example they did is, what if this birthday boy just wants to move, you want to move it to the center and you want to just complement that little gap in the picture. So the device recognizes who's the the, the front forward, the front facing element, like what's the first layer of depth and then moves it to the right place. And I'm going to zoom in the picture here, I'm going to show you. But basically what's going to happen, what's happening here, Mm -hmm. if you pay attention to it, is that the device recognizes the balloons and yeah. the kid, mm-hmm. and then move move them towards the, the right side of the picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why is that interesting? Is because it's not like it created a whole left side of the picture. What what it's it's interesting because it moved the oh, whole right. picture. So, so it, it cut. It's a what the phone does is it cuts out the kid on the bench with the balloons. Yeah. However, part of the balloons are obscured because, as we said, they're out of shot. And basically, instead of generating the whole left couple of inches of that picture, what it does is it basically picks out that kid on the bench with the balloons, Yeah. moves it to the right and generates the balloons that it needs to in that layer yeah. rather than the whole image. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. To be honest, I can see how that would drive better results, right? Because like I've used a bit of, um, what was I using recently? I was using DALI 2 recently, which is like, I don't know the right term for it, but it generates images based on prompts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, generative AI. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Image, visual generative, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Um, and basically, um, it's from OpenAI, who are probably Google's biggest competitor in the space. And I gave it a picture of Roxy, uh, which is my, my family dog. Yeah, just in case you didn't know. Yeah, it's Ravi's child. <laughs> I wish. Uh, anyway, and, uh, you know, and it's a generate more pictures like this. So I click that button. Great. All the photos are really bad. And I think it's because it was trying to do the background, the foreground, mm-hmm. the harness she was wearing, the text on the harness on the badge that she was wearing, all that kind of stuff. That's a lot of different things. So basically, like, if you're trying to, in the image that, in the example that they had, if you're trying to tell your AI, right, I want an image, like, in my image, I want a realistic city, I want a realistic skyline, I want realistic balloons, I want a realistic kid, I want a realistic bench. It's just very difficult yeah do you know what I mean to make all of those work together yeah yeah but instead if you're just say hey I just want to just follow the exact exact same patterns that this balloon we're following and just try to complete the image yeah based on all of these data points that we have given you yeah I think it's much easier yeah yeah pretty pretty interesting um so that comes with photos and again this comes from a feature that Google released uh, last year Mm -hmm. only available for pixel that would allow you to remove people from the images mm-hmm. or things from images, unwanted things from images. Mm-hmm. So you could literally just highlight, if I'm taking a picture of me and Ravi, I can just highlight Ravi and remove Ravi from the picture and just have me. And it will just fill the background. Yeah, I just disagree with that example, but it's fine. <laughs> Great example. Well, anyway, the next one is maps. Is that really relevant? I th- Man, this is amazing. Is it really AI based? Well, it's flying through it, it's generating the, the city. All right, go on then. Well, basically it's, a, it's called a new thing called immersive views. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it does is generates a 3D model of the city. Mm-hmm. And let's say you select a route and you want to bike through the Is route. that from images? This thing. Like, so it's able to generate this 3D world environment. Is it doing it with, a, I don't know if it's the right term, but photogrammetry? I think the way they did it, uh, I, I actually was interested, really interested in this part. You know, like Google 360 view or um, street, view. street view. Yeah. And that they basically have 360 degree images of yeah, yeah. every single street. But it's, it's images, not depth of, depth of information. They, they use the images to create the depth information. So they're not running around with a LiDAR. Do you know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think this is depth information. Yeah. yeah okay, those sure. devices have LiDAR. 
Do they? I think so, yeah. To us, you may as well. Yeah. Like, if you're going around every street, you may as well. Yeah. But then even from the top down and stuff like that, it's not going to get, you know, it'd be difficult. I, I think, I think it's, it's a really complex problem to stitch all these images together. Yeah, and all LiDAR data if they've got it, or overhead satellite camera yeah. data if they've got it. And, and once you have all that data stitching it together, you're going to get a lot of, you need to fill a lot of gaps. Yeah, exactly. What I find also really interesting is that if you look at those images, um, I'm going to add up some of those to the show notes, is that, look at this. Some engineer thought that to make this super realistic, you will need to add birds. Yeah. I think that's a great attention. Okay, so so basically what Luigi's describing here is that they're able to create these 3D, it basically is like playing GTA in your own city. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Sure. And, and they're able to create a virtual fly-through of the route that you're taking, maybe in your car that you're planning in Google Maps. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and in that virtual fly-through, there are birds. Yeah, there are birds. It's a great attention to detail. That's my point. But anyway, then once you have that fly-through, you can mm -hmm. stop. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say you're planning a bike ride from point A to point B. And then you say, I actually want to see if that's the path I want, mm -hmm. because I want to go by the by the sea. Mm -hmm. I want to see how nice it is. And actually, for a new, when you're exploring a new city, I experienced that. I think that's actually very needed. I've actually never left London, so. All right, anyway. Yeah. Sorry for you. But anyway. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> Anyway, once you, you start moving and you start flying through, uh, you can stop at any point and then you can move throughout the day and you say, actually, this trip is at around 4 p.m. How is the weather going to be like? You, and just, you just give me more reasons not to leave London. No, but within the same screen, you can see the weather. And that's what is interesting because before you had to go to the weather apps, then see for what, what the weather is going to be at 4 p.m. And that's it. But at now, location. Yeah. yeah. Now, in that location, you can see traffic, weather, and how the space looks like in the same screen. So I thought that was a great user experience because it's solving so many questions. Like when users are, when you're planning a trip, you have so many questions that are coming up. And usually the, your job as a, as a product people, you need to answer those questions in the small, like before the user has those questions. Um, and I think they did a great example here. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that was me on uh, features for the new Pixel. And Is that Pixel exclusive? They, they said that they roll it out usually for Pixel. <clears throat> and then they roll out for the rest of, of Android later on. Interesting. But this is coming only for 15 cities, I believe, by the end of the summer. Yeah, yeah. And towards the end of the year. Which makes you wonder if they need extra data or information about somewhere. Yeah, I think it takes time for them to build these things. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. That's a good point. All right. So next step, search. Search. I think, do you, I think it might make sense to start with Llama slash Gemini, then roll up into Bard, and then maybe Workspace. Because I think, I think a lot of people, well... I don't want to say a lot of people because I don't know, but take OpenAI, ChatGPT versus GPT, right? People see ChatGPT as the technology mm -hmm. and people are using ChatGPT and Bing or they're using it in Copilot or whatever the case may be. But there's an underlying technology and ChatGPT is one use case of it. Yeah. So I think, should we start with the underlying tech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I have a, a way that I've been thinking about it for a while mm -hmm. and I think there are three layers to, to, to this type of technology, to three ways to describe it. So... There's the complex models that you create, which is like a network of things, right? So imagine as a kid is learning things, it's creating connections between concepts. And those connections are, imagine you can remove the concept, the idea of the concept, but you can keep the connection. It's like keeping the bridges, but there is no city in between the bridges. It's just like the connections. So you are creating those connections and that's what the complex model is. Then you can fine tune it for domain specific uh, models, mm -hmm. like medical care, image generation. Uh, you can go for, I don't know, some specific music data that you want to fine tune for, whatever. And then you have the interfaces. And I think mm -hmm. that's the most interesting part because mm -hmm. very little people are in the complex models or very little businesses. 
maybe five or six in the whole world. Then you have fine tuning, which becomes really interesting. Maybe a lot more people are fine tuning their own models. And then those are being passed down to companies like, let's say, Airbnb for travel, or you have Khan Academy, or you have Duolingo. And they're just creating different interfaces using fine-tuned models, which are using the same complex models be be before those, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the interfaces is what's going to change the game. I think it's a lot of uh, a UX problem that we need to solve. So that's my, my, my view on this, how I break this down. Cool. Yeah, I, th I think we should definitely follow that. And I think I think um, I think the problem is like the, the problem with viewing AI is like ChatGPT, right? Or like Bing Search uh, Assistant or whatever it's called, right? Where you go, I'm going to go and talk to the AI now. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a conversation with the AI, and then you know I'm here. Yeah. Done. Right. And I think uh, I saw a comment somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but basically it's the idea that right now we're viewing AI as the destination. Like I go to a place to go and use AI as a tool, but soon we will start and we need to start thinking about using it as, or viewing it as the journey, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we use AI to get us somewhere. We don't go to the AI, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. So stuff like what we're going to talk about with like workspaces, GitHub Copilot, Microsoft Copilot in, um, in Office, right? Where these tools are embedded and just kind of helping you. Like say for example, I'm in, I mean, I don't want to steal something that you want to, that you want to talk about later. But no, go for it, go for it. In one of the examples they showed in Sheets was like you uh, grab some data and you say, how like it formatted like this, right? Yeah. And then it, and then it does it, right? Whereas the kind of, <coughs> that's, a, that's AI as a journey, right? You're in Sheets. Yeah. You're using it to help you do stuff. AI as a destination is, let me go, and I have to do this quite often, um, is let me go to ChatGPT or the AI chatbot and ask it, hey, I'm trying to do this. Can you tell me what buttons I need to press in Google Sheets? Or yeah. What formula I need to write in Google Sheets to get the outcome that I want? Yeah, it's not part of the journey. Uh, there is super interesting stuff. Uh, I don't want to make I don't want to make this about ChatGPT um, anymore. But um, I do a really interesting thing. I like it. Well, a really interesting thing that Brian Chesky apparently him and Sam Altman, CEO of uh, OpenAI, they they were working together to make the, one of the first integrations between Airbnb and, and OpenAI, or in this case GPT-4. But they pulled the plug at the end just before they rolled out GPT-4. Because the interface was very text-based, yeah. And what he really wanted, like as you were saying, I think that's a great example. Like going to the place to get the information rather than integrated it in the experience. What he was saying is that what we need is a multimodal uh, experience where the user doesn't even know if they're using OpenAI or G or AI or a GPT or whatever model. Like they just want to. The user just wants an outcome, which is in this in your example is figure out a way to do an Excel sheet. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And on the way, you can get AI to do it faster, to do it easier. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why are all AI websites black? How are they? Have you noticed this? No. So like uh, Notion, obviously, it's brand color. One of its big brand colors is white or maybe off-white. Go to Notion AI, black. Raycast yeah. Pro, all black. Like Yeah, Replit AI, the new, they, they roll out the new model yeah. as well. Yeah, and it's black. black. Uh, I just wonder why there's so many. How, uh, there's a definite look to Google to AI. AI is, is it, yeah, Google AI is white. That's good. At least they're doing something different then. Because it just it just annoys me. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's just like because you see that color, you see that specific. If you know what I mean, then you know what I mean, right? Yeah. But you know. Yeah. Just trying to do something different. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway. Anyway. So let's get into it. Come on. We're yeah. talking about. So it. we have AI. Yeah. <laughs> With Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Google, I think they have a, actually a really, this is a problem that I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ask me, what did AI, what was the big AI update from Google? And they announced so many updates, so many models that I don't really know what they announced. Llama 2, right? So they have Palm 2. 
Palm 2. Lama, that's why I don't understand. It's so confusing. Lama is another model that I have no idea how it, how it integrates with the whole experience. Right. So. I think I'm going to share some light on this. All right. So they have Palm 2. They have Gemini, which they said is always oh, a much better model. It's a lower, lower bandwidth. It can be used in mobiles. And we have rolled out Gemini, which subdivides into these other models like Gecko, Something else, something else, something else. Right, are those and, LLMs then? Yeah, different LLMs for different so use cases. So Gemini, Gemini and Palm are LLMs? Yeah. Fine. What I think happened, this is my prediction, is they have Palm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Palm was done by one team, but they have multiple teams working on AI. Oh, right. So this is the whole politics game that they were playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have multiple teams. Then Sergey, a couple of months ago, the founder of Google, comes in and he's like, yeah, we need to figure out the, our AI stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he com this is my prediction. He comes in. And then he says, or no prediction, but my estimation of what happened in the past. But he comes in and then he says, guys, we need to combine all the teams and all, on, all our efforts into one thing, mm -hmm. Gemini. Gemini won't be ready for Google I.O. Right. So we need to announce something, which is Palm 2. So right. launch whatever you guys were working on, on Palm 2. Just right. make it better. We put like, we decorate it. Yeah, and then we yeah. say Gemini is coming. Because they knew that Palm 2 wouldn't even like touch the heels of uh, GPT-4. Yes. And yes. they needed a much a stronger model that will be able to run on mobile, that will be able to run on tablets, uh, network on the cloud, uh, and will be able to compete much better with, with GPT-4. So they re-engineered this whole thing, which mm -hmm. is Gemini. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's my prediction. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, um, I definitely, I, I think that's a really solid prediction, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't say that often. Yeah, you, I, this, this means a lot I think, honestly, Thank you. Um, I think, Honestly, that's, I think that's, that's very perceptive. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Like open, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the case, right? But it sounds like OpenAI that had one shot yeah. to make it count. Whereas Google like had more shots than they even knew that they had. Yeah. And they're like, oh wait, you're doing something. Why aren't you talking? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. um, it's just like a big thing. And, and what's frustrating me, what's frustrating me about this, about like this learning. And actually I'd say, I'd say actually over the last like maybe 20 episodes of the show, right? Yeah. Is that so many UX or design or like just kind of let's say design decisions are driven by business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Organizational hierarchy, you know, incentivizing people correctly, um, communication across a big organization. Yeah. Those things result like are the, are the, you know, that they are what the users experience, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this saying, which is that you ship your org chart. Yeah. 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 You told me that. Did oh, I? Yeah. yeah oh, right. Okay. Well, you ship your, pretty clever. You ship your org chart so that your product is representative of the way that you run. Um, and then also in football, there's a saying that if there's discord in the boardroom, there's discord in the dressing room yeah. as well. So again, like it just, the business people haven't got their SH1T together. It shows. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. That's what you're saying. I think that then you have the bomb too. I think what happened, uh, uh, just pushing a bit more there is yeah, yeah. you have Palm 2. Uh, Palm 2, I think was DeepMind or, or one of these teams made by them. Mm -hmm. uh, but then what happened, I think is that when we Gemini, they were like, okay, let's get the Google Cloud people. They're working on some like really cool models. Let's get the, the Google Brain or something like that was called Beep Team. They're working on other models. Um, <laughs> Google Brain. Something like that was That's called. very early 2000. Can't remember <laughs> the, the name, but then let's go work with the people from Search. So yeah. you guys all bring your brains together and create something that works works across industries rather than at one single single use case, which is what this Google business model has been like that for ages. You just have a bunch of different teams trying a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Let's see what they can afford it. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, let's see what sticks. Right. So, 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 so basically, what they did is they announced, they announced a whole bunch of new models, which are not really sure what does what just yet. But was it Llama Two? Not Palm, Palm two. two, or was it Llama underneath the new version of Bard? I think it's Palm Two. Palm Power two. and Bard. Yeah. Ah, Power and Bard. Okay. Yeah. What's Bard? Bard is their competition to ChatGPT. Uh, Bard so is an AI chatbot that knows it's a, everything. It's an AI chatbot which is integrated in search. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is, goes to the interface. It's powered by Palm 2, which Palm 2 is the, the, the LLM or the, the big model that powers this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Bard is the brand of the interface, not really the technology behind it. Mm -hmm. I think Llama, sorry, just to interrupt. Llama yeah. is Meta's. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, Google, yeah, 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 yeah. GPT is open out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. Anyway, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And I think that, yes, okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. What were we talking about? Okay, Palm, the interface. Palm, Palm and Bard. Palm 2 and Bard, and then the yeah. interface. So yeah. now when you try to search something, and this is already open to everyone, they had it in beta for a while. Um, Not when you try to search, when you ask the AI chatbot. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so you're searching, and then you are like, oh, as, there's a pop-up that says Well, we're, we're talking about different things. No, we're talking about Bard. No, yeah, but Bard is its own thing. You're talking about, what did they call it? They called it AI snapshot in the Google S, um, in Google search engine results pages. That's what you're talking about. That's how they're calling it. No, Bard is different. AI snapshot is, oh, I'm on Google. I'm going to ask, you know, why is the sky green or blue? Sorry, the sky's blue. Yeah. Why is the sky blue? And then I, get an, then I get an AI answer. That's what they're smoking. So, so that's the journey. That's the yeah. journey model, right? Yeah, Whereas yeah, Bard yeah. is the destination. I go to the AI chatbot to ask it a question. That's what I mean. It's so confusing. Yeah, they well, should, you know. They should just have one sidekick. Like at the end of the day, it's a sidekick look, that is helping you throughout all your applications. Yeah. So, a copilot, right? And just call it whatever and just, it's the same branding. I know that. But anyway, look, so let's talk about Bard first. Okay. Um, because so yeah, listeners, it's like it's like having a WhatsApp conversation with another person, except that person is a computer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And basically, what's interesting about that is that Bard will cite the internet. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, GPT four doesn't do it. Bard does, uh, which is cool. Sorry, Chat GPT doesn't do it. Bard does. Um, but yeah, we're already familiar with this idea. I think we've all had a plan with it by now. Yeah, I mean, we have talked about um, generative AI, ChatGPT, and how that's going to power through it. I've been using GPT-4 for a while, and it's pretty good. Yeah. I Honestly, it's made me so much productive. Seriously? Um, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, Especially, it's like a great, it's great for brainstorming. Yeah. It's yeah. great from, for brainstorming. Um, I also think like, if you look at it, how things will evolve, I, I do think that the power of software engineering, I think software, the, the creation of software, or the cost to create software is just going to go down. And I think that might generate more really cool startups coming up in the next couple of years through this like yeah, okay, generative okay. AI. Yeah, it's easier to create stuff. Therefore, more people will create stuff. Therefore, we'll get a better output yeah. of things that are created. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, you don't need to actually create the software to do something, but you can, if you have like a basic level of software, software engineering, you, you should be able to just put pieces together much easier. And then if things don't work, you just ask, hey, can you fix this for me? Um, so there's a lower barrier to entry to create an MVP. Um, do you know what I used it for the other day? Yeah, tell me. And we'll, we'll stick with Bard and then we'll move on to um, AI Snapshot, which I think is probably where we should wrap up, right? Yeah. So I used ChatGPT4 the other day and I had some data to clear up. But the data was like really badly formatted, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was not done smartly. There was some stuff that was missing and, and things like that. So what do I do? I say to copy and paste the data into ChatGPT4 and say that I want this data in this way. If it's missing, don't worry about it and give it back to me as 
as comma separated values, which I was then able to copy, paste, put into Excel and do what yeah. I needed to do with that, right? I felt that was like super wasteful of like computing resources. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because had I been an actual programmer, I'd be able to use Python or whatever, I don't know the right terminology, to be able to actually process that data in a way that's way more efficient. But instead I just asked like a billion GPUs in the cloud to like do this really simple thing for me, like and, and just used a really complicated tool to do something that was really simple. So I can see your point around like, startups who are like they need a bit of software that does this one thing but i wonder if what we'll see is a lot of startups mvping with ai if yeah. that makes sense before they actually create a real computer system behind it do you know what i mean like say say for example i'm creating facebook today well maybe that's a bit of a stretch but maybe i'm creating like um uh yeah. tw tw twitter today yeah like how mm, I suppose or, or the mvp of facebook facebook you can only post and follow people yeah, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, you need to keep an update on when someone follows someone or whatever the case may be. And yeah. to update Actually, the very first yeah. version of Facebook was just you create a profile and people go and find you. Yeah. There is no, the idea of the feed wasn't even there. Yeah. yeah. But you see what I mean? Like, yeah. I wonder what things will be because right now it's like companies will become more technical and use AI. But I wonder if in due course it will flip and be the opposite. Like a company won't be very technical at the start of its journey. They'll use AI to MVP something and then afterwards they'll create like a, a more efficient system. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think that there there is software is gonna get cheaper to make at least at first. Yeah. Uh, however, I do think cheaper that to make, more expensive to run. More expensive to run. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's in the same way. There is a great example brought by uh, Brian Chesky. In the same way that five to to ten years ago, you needed to the first half a million of that you get from investment will go to just generate your your infrastructure to put all your computer power computer power in one place you have to hire this big piece of land somewhere and that is super cheap but now what you do is you just have aws right and you right. just do it yeah. that way so in the same way that that used to be the case now instead of just spending the first half a million into your first mvp that hasn't even gotten to market that's different you just get 10k spend it in the mvp using some sort of ai right. with two or three software engineers yeah. that actually know what they're doing that's what i mean which you still need software engineering you generate your mvp and then you can bring it to market okay i think we're saying similar things in yeah. slightly different ways but you know i to be honest i've been having a, a shot every time you've mentioned the words brian chesky and i'm i'm pretty drunk now oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah to be honest, he's one of my favorite uh, yeah, CEOs. but anyway uh brian chesky's on we're talking yeah he's amazing yeah. um another thing is the actually i lost it we can continue to the next point let's move on to AI snapshot that's what i don't get it's like they should brand it the same way i'm very confused yeah but this is it it's like it's like Every time that you, I don't know, like, oh, let me think, let me feel a good example. Like every time mm -hmm. you use your iPhone yeah. and you send an, an iMessage uh, or you save a picture or you I know, upload a file to your um, computer, save it on your desktop or whatever, yeah. it just tells you, hey, by the way, I just use iCloud Drive. Do you know what I mean? Hey, I just use iCloud Drive to sync your desktop and make sure it's backed up. No, I just use iCloud Drive to make sure that that message that you just sent is backed up on your other devices. I just use iCloud Drive to save that picture that you just took. Do you know what I mean? Like, do the users really care? No, but what I mean is that is is I think that's that's why the third part is the the experience level and it's the interface that you're creating. And I think they they created so many now like experiences or interfaces that you should just. In my opinion, if I would make this, you will make Bart, which is your sidekick that is following you across all your Google experiences. It doesn't matter if it uses it's Gemini. Not it's not following you though, right? But that, that's why, because they haven't branded it that way. But if you have it, they're following you in search, 
is following you in workspace, yeah. is following you across all the other experiences, yeah, maybe on just, Android. But it's just not, because that's not how the tech works, right? Like, who cares what the tech works? That's my point. It's just, just brand the one way, so it's like, we announced Bart, which is going to help you everywhere. It's going to make you super powerful. Yeah, but the thing is, right, but that's, that's but it, it's, it's, it's like saying, oh, like, no, because AI is a technology in the same way that, like, cloud is a technology, right? Like, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't call it out to the user every time they say, you know, you use a cloud service. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough, but you, have, you use Google Cloud, and Google Cloud has so many sub applications on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Businesses use Google Cloud, but the users don't give a toss. But you use Bar. Yeah, but you use Bar because it's that one singular use case. You know what I mean? Yeah, the one single u- u- yeah. interface. But then you have like so many interfaces. So that you it's want, just confusing. So, so you want Google to say, "Oh, well done. You've just done a search. This is different to Bard, but we're going to call it Bard anyway, so these answers are from Bard." Or call, Bard is just an example I use, but just call it one name. AI is that name. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the name of the technology. I don't know. I don't see it that way. Do you know, I'll give you an example, right? No one's talking about it, and obviously rightly so, but IBM had their big annual event on the same morning, uh, on the morning that Google had theirs, yeah. right? It's called Think. And they um, they announced kind of Watson X, which is their new AI thing, right? Yeah. And this is what happens when you get really unspecific about the use case, because they're like, Watson X can do this, 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 and this, this, and this, right? And in my view, they're making a similar mistake than what they did when they launched the first Watson. Which is that actually it's a whole bunch of different technologies under the under the skin. They call it all the same technology, so it's easier to market and easier to sell. Yeah. The problem is no one actually understands what it does, right? And I'm not going to sit here and say that every single person who uses Bard understands that. Oh, this is Palm, and that you know the AI feature to bring the kids' balloons back on your Pixel phone is using a different type of AI, whatever the case may be. But if you just brand everything as the same, it just actually loses a lot of. You miss out on the point of actually branding it because. You're basically saying everything. And if you try and say everything, you're actually saying nothing. My counter argument is if you decide not to call it anything, just don't call it anything. This is your search. Mm-hmm. But they call it what? AI snapshot. Snapshot, yeah. So like, just call it nothing. Like, what does yeah, snapshot really but mean? But remember, they're launching at Google I.O. It's still going to be in, you know, they're, they're talking to nerds. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't see. I, I, don't, I, I think it just confuses people. Google wants to get to a point. I guarantee you this is the case, right? Google wants to get to a point where it's not, oh, Google has AI products. They want people to associate the word Google with AI. I think everyone is just trying to do that. Yeah. It's just, AI is just sexy, if I'm, sexy if thing. If I'm using then... a Google product, I want to assume, if, I, if I'm Google, I want any user who's using a Google product to assume that AI is already built into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the same way that when, when I think about, when a user thinks about using a Google product, they think about best-in-class cloud, they think about multiplayer, they think about, the fact that I can access any of this shit from anywhere. Yeah, real-time collaboration. I yeah. have all, yeah, yeah, I know, fair enough. And they want to make sure that AI is always in there. Yeah. Yeah, but I, and fair, but then you need to figure out a way to brand it. I don't know, I feel, I just find it confusing. Yeah. That's my point. It's just very confusing to have so many announcements of so many new AIs things. So, side note, what really annoys me is when a company will say, oh, we're using OpenAI's APIs to do this, that, the other, and then they'll call it company name AI. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like okay. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, fair enough. Like you can you you can fine tune that model, and yeah, like, that yeah, has yeah. some sort of yeah, application yeah. that you need to and you figure can, out, and you can give it a specific type of prompt and a sequence of prompts to. Yeah, so you are doing something, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Anyway, let's talk about AI snapshot. Yeah. So we're gonna go to a no-click search results world. So basically, what happens is that Google released this whole thing where you can just type something and then it will give you results on page without you having to click any link. So 
that removes the need of you having to go to a website to find a, the result you're looking for. So it's kind of like bringing the idea of BART or ChatGPT into the Google search results and gives you the text-based or image-based results that you need. The example they use is, uh, what are what is a good commute bike for something, something? Commute bike. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they gave you like the top results, top five results and what you should be looking for, what are some aspects and so on. And then, and the most interesting about it is that it gives you the option to do a follow-up question. Yeah. So like, I might say like, oh, like what are the best commuter bikes? And then I might be able to say like, and this, I think it's the example they use off the top of my head, is like, what about e-bikes? Whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So you're able to have a conversation to learn more about the world, um, which is cool. Obviously, the reason why you said, it, this is quite a big thing, right? Because yeah. they're, they're moving away from the thing that's made them money, which is the 10 blue links format. So that's the search engine result page format so when you google anything we're all familiar with it so there's blue links you see some ads in the corner or at the top or both and then these days they're they're showing you more and more information so you don't actually have to click any of those links so google keeps you on their platform and i hate it yeah i mean you're not gonna have to go to any website google will use the information from your page will leverage it to offer better results so people so bad People won't go, won't go. Yeah, they won't. Honestly, I think it should be. It will change the world in in terms of business. Like business models will have to change now. And I, Google will probably figure. I think they announced an idea of ads. They they announced that you will be ranked on top, uh, and then you will also be ranked on uh, on the results that Bard or I forgot the name. What's the name of this? This is very confusing. Or AI snapshot. AI snapshot will give, and they will link you there based on ads. So still, whoever can pay more. I just hate, I just, you know, it's so unfair, isn't it? I think with these, all of these AI tools, especially like the um, like image generation stuff as well, like you've gone out there, you've put value in the world and someone has taken what you've done. They've chopped it into a million pieces. They've mixed it with everyone else's million pieces. They put it in a cocktail shaker and they pour it out bit by bit and say it's theirs. Yeah. And of course, the way that they made that cocktail shaker was beautiful and just very high tech and groundbreaking all the rest of it. But I genuinely do think, but the alternative is then the only people that can create tools like this are the companies with the massive data sets, like with their own data sets. Yeah. You see what I mean? And stuff like generative AI, if you're talking about like image generation, who are the companies that own great image sets? Getty Images, maybe people like Disney and Netflix because they own all this yeah. content. You know, and then suddenly, then it's not a tool for everyone. It's a tool for these specific people. So my question is, it's a complicated Thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as well as when it comes to ethics. Like, what if let's say Bart or, or Palm Two or whatever model they're using like, is, is somehow biased, and all of these models are always biased to some extent. Yeah. So we go to a world in which the Google search results are giving you things based on content. Mm-hmm. I get that content. Let's say all the kids in high school. It's a hypothetical world. They start creating content. They just use whatever GPT or or Palm Two is giving them. Uh, you create content and then you put it out there in the world. You click you based on the model, right? And then you put it out there in the world. You create your reports based on that. You create X Y Z based on that, and then you publish it. And then the model gets that that information and then reinforces itself with all that information that all this whole generation of kids has given them for years. And it's biased, but we haven't even seen the bias yet. Yeah. Right. But then in 10, 20 years time where the model is fitting itself with some biased information that gave kids. So it's yeah. getting 
fed with more bias info. Yeah, look, I yeah, I remember we had this conversation yeah. a few days ago, right? Um, and I think I said something like, um, well, I don't say can't remember what I said. Can't be very. You, you had this conversation. Yeah, you had this conversation with people at work. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and basically, like, uh, yeah, exactly. And and you know, we we were discussing as we're discussing now. You know, w- would there be a cutoff? Yeah. Like, oh, the internet. Like, you can train your AI on the internet before twenty twenty three, like in twenty twenty two, because before then was pure. Yeah. And like unpolluted. Whereas now, if you like try and sample that data from the internet past that time, yeah, then you're just gonna end up with like junk data. Yeah. And you know, there's this saying, I can't remember if it's the exact term, but I've heard it a couple of times around the office because I now work at an AI company, but it's like uh, rubbish in, rubbish out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the right term? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, Something that makes, like that. Makes sense, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, rubbish in, rubbish out. Yeah. Basically, what you're. It's a bit like you have a bad meal. Yeah. It's rubbish going in and it's rubbish going out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a great summary. Right? <laughs> so nice way to end. Great way to end this, uh, this episode. Um, yeah. Do you want to close it? Yeah, sure, Luigi. Head to your uh, episode description and there you will find uh, Bios.Design. That's our very own domain with our own list of links. You can follow us or the show on Twitter. Uh, you'll also find a link to our Patreon uh, where you can choose to support us from as low, from as little money as £3 per month. Every pound that we get from Patreon goes right back into making the show better. Um, so thank you to uh, all of our supporters who are all on our exclusive members uh, conversation, yeah. uh, which, is a, which is a cool place to be. If you did enjoy the show, uh, please share it with a friend. Um, um, and also, please remember to give it a thumbs up or stars or review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you are listening to your podcast on Spotify, like, you know, reconsider your life choices. You're in the right place. Spotify is great. Anyway. But anyway, great to speak to you, Robbie. Great to speak to you. Have a great evening. Bye.